Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. Well, I took a step into the final Pac-12 football season last night at Rice Eccles Stadium, but I wrote about some of the cool things that I've seen in that stadium over the years, including uh, 2014, Kalen Clay, the Utah wide receiver. You remember he had what what would have been a touchdown that would have given Utah a two-score lead that he dropped the ball and started celebrating before he got to the end zone. Oregon's Joe Walker picked it up, scooped it up, went 100 yards the other way for a touchdown, and... Oregon reeled off 24 unanswered points and won the game. Uh, Great memory there. I touched on some other memories that include Oregon, Oregon State, and Utah in particular. Uh, You can read it at johnconzano.com. My co-host on Conzano and Wilner, the podcast, John Wilner, is joining us now. We're going to break down some of the Pac-12 games. We're going to talk about the Stanford-Cal thing, Washington State, Oregon State, what they do next, all that business. Uh, Wilner, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Are you broadcasting like high over Southern Nevada here? I am in uh, KSL Studios. Ah, good for you. Salt okay, Lake City. Say hello to the guys at KSL for me. I will do that. I will do that. They're big fans of you. Uh, hey, let me ask you, Utah last night, were you surprised at how good Utah looked with about eight players who weren't starters starting? Uh, I got to be totally honest here. Uh, I didn't see most of the game. <laughs> I had my uh, kids back to school night. And, oh, that's uh, good. She's a junior. It's a huge year for her. I chose the back to school night, so I got I got home. I taped the game, and I got home planning to watch it. And I chucked the score. And at that point, it was twenty four to eleven. And uh, so obviously Utah looked good, and Florida must have looked bad on offense. Uh, and I was going to plan on watching it today, but. I kind of got derailed today by some news. Yeah, let's all right. Let's unpack that news. It wasn't so I'm exactly. Sorry, I can't, yeah, I can't. No, it's okay. Down there on Utah, unfortunately. It, it wasn't exactly a surprise that Stanford, Cal, and SMU go to the ACC. But you know, what is your? I guess your singular takeaway when you uh, when you look at Stanford and the travel they're going to have to make, and you know what has happened to college athletics. Give me your your one takeaway uh, as you look at what happened today. Well, it's just a symptom of the bigger aspect of the college sports world spinning off its axis, especially out here on the West Coast, right? And you'll wonder if if at some point in the next 10 or 15 years it's going to spin back onto its axis or if this is the the way it's going to be for for a long time. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to have USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. It made a little bit more sense to have them in the Big Ten with Oregon and Washington. And it makes zero sense that Cal and Stanford are in the ACC, right? I mean, it's just it's it's bananas, and it is the main result of of the Pac-12 not being able to, you know, get its business done. Uh, but it's it's just it's just bananas, and you wonder if if things are going to revert eventually, not only in the Pac-12 but but elsewhere around the country, or if we're going to continue down this path, and in ten or fifteen years there's really going to be a separation between the top 30 or 40 and everybody else in college football. And and if they do a separation of the 30 and 40, what kinds of things do the schools in the next 
five to seven years all need to be thinking about? I mean, I think you got to be thinking about the playoff. The playoff is going to define – it's going to be a huge financial boon, and it's going to define success. It's going to define the brands. I mean, obviously we know Ohio State and Alabama are big brands, but there's going to be a chance for other schools to get on that main stage fairly consistently. I mean, Utah is a great example, right? If Utah goes in the Big 12 and they get in the playoff, you know, every couple of years, that will elevate – Utah's football program, Utah's athletic department, and then if there is separation in the 2030s, maybe Utah gets into that top group, right? So that's that's kind of what I'm going to be looking at. I think it's all about the playoff and doing whatever you can do resource-wise to position yourself to get in there. John Wilner with us, San Jose Mercury News. Uh, you know, you're worried about Oregon State going to San Jose State on Sunday. Why are you so worried I about am. them? I just think teams that have already played, especially if they have played a good opponent, like San Jose State played USC, are, you know, advanced compared to a team that's playing its season opener because you're going to have mistakes in your season opener, especially if you've got a new quarterback like Oregon State. And so San Jose State's going to be, I just think, a little bit more efficient, uh, execute a little better. And, I don't, you know, not that I don't think Oregon State can win, but I think it's going to be a tight game. And if the Beavers are a little sloppy, I think they are in serious jeopardy of, of, of an upset. And that's the main reason. If this were the first game for both teams, I would, I would think Oregon State would have a, you know, an easier time, a, a better chance to win. But it's the competitive balance skews a little bit when you have a team that's already played. Oregon State and Washington State in the last week have kind of pumped the brakes on the timeline. Oregon State did a little mini – I don't want to call it a news conference. It was more of a, we're going to talk at you. We don't want your questions really in real time uh, news conference. But, um, you know, they are trying to basically harvest the organs of the Pac-12 cadaver. So how long should that take? You know, and what do you, is it worth doing that? You know, some of the listeners early in the show just sort of said, they need to move on just from a perception standpoint. I push back against that because there could be real money there. But, Wilner, what are those assets? Nobody knows quite yet. I mean, there's certainly going to be 60, 70 million in NCAA tournament units available. Uh, I think they should – look, there's no rush, uh, I don't think, because the process of getting into the Mountain West will, will, will not take time. or Some kind of merger won't take that much time. And the Mountain West doesn't have a TV deal that's coming up uh, until 2026. So if I'm Oregon State and Washington State, you know, I certainly need to move. I I can't take my sweet old time and go for months, but I could take a few more weeks for sure because I want to know exactly what's in in the Pac-12. And the Mountain West schools should want to know that as well because it might be more valuable for everybody to basically do a reverse merger. And all the schools that are in the Mountain West house, they leave that house and they walk into the Pac-12 house because the Pac-12 house could have could be a more valuable property. Uh, now we don't know exactly what the assets are, and I think it's. I just wonder why it's taken so long. Uh, and it makes me it makes me think that the Pac-12, uh, you know, financially 
uh, you know, is a, maybe a little bit sloppy. I know that would come as a huge surprise to you, uh, <laughs> but I just it just doesn't seem to me like it should take this long to figure out exactly what kind of assets and liabilities they have. I want to pepper you with a couple of Pac-12 games that are coming up tomorrow in particular and, you know, get to the – get to, I guess, the bottom of uh, who you're picking. And I know we gave our picks on Canzano and Wilner, the podcast, but you reserve the right after further thought to change your mind. Stanford, uh, by the way, tonight at Hawaii, 8 o'clock on CBS, Troy Taylor, first-year Stanford coach. Uh, Stanford's favored by three and a half. What do you like? I like Stanford, especially at three and a half. Uh, I don't think Hawaii's any good, and I think Troy Taylor's going to do a very good job with Stanford, and they're going to be more competitive than people think. They just don't have a ton of talent, so their ceiling is kind of low. But I think this is going to be a really good performance by them, all things considered. Colorado at TCU, 9 a.m. Saturday morning. That's like must-watch TV. Uh, TCU is 20-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Who do you got? Yeah, I, it'll be real interesting to see how the Deion Sanders experiment starts. Right, He's got all those new guys, 60-something new guys. You don't know what their depth is going to be like. You don't know how good they're going to be on the line of scrimmage. Uh, but that's a lot of points. And I'm a big proponent of the backdoor cover when there's a line of 20 or more, right? So <laughs> TCU, maybe TCU's up like, you know, 37 to 10 or something. And Colorado gets a meaningless late touchdown and cover, something like that. So I, I kind of like the buffs and the points with the backdoor cover. I got TCU 42-17, but uh, that is a lot of points. Uh, I'm going to skip Portland State at Oregon because I think we all sort of expect Oregon's going to run away. How many how many points does Oregon score in that game? I got them at 56. Uh, I think it's – I'd be more curious how many score points do they score with Bo Nix in the game, <laughs> and I think there's a good chance of that being 56. <laughs> okay, you got it. Boise State, 1230 Saturday on ABC – Boise State's at Washington. Big game. Washington's a 14-point favorite, 13-and-a-half, 14 some places. What do you see? I see two really good offenses, two veteran quarterbacks, uh, two defenses that uh, have a lot to prove. Uh, I think this could be the best game of the day. And uh, it's it's hard to believe that, that Boise State would contain Michael Penix and that U, UW offense for four quarters. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring, uh, and, and, you know, Washington kind of pulls ahead at the end. But that's got the potential to be, you know, a very, very good game. I'm, I'm looking at that game and going, you know, two offenses, Michael Penix Jr., but I kind of think that's a game where we could learn a little something about Washington, right? Like Because some of these games, I don't know we're going to learn anything. But I'm looking at that one going, you know, we might learn something if Washington comes out and shows a little bit of a run game or shows some defense – to go with Michael Penix Jr., then all of a sudden we go, okay, uh, let's bounce ahead. Washington State's at Colorado State, 4 o'clock CBS Sports Network on Saturday. Washington State's an 11-point favorite on the road. What do you see? I just don't like the Cougars on the road given that many points. That is the, it is the first time since the Mike Leach era, so it was like middle of the 2019 season, that they have been a double-digit road favorite. I just don't. I'm not sure that they're good enough offensively to cover that kind of number 
on the road in a first game. Again, you feel like there's going to be some mistakes. Uh, I, I like Colorado State and those points. If it was, you know, seven or eight, I might feel differently. But, but boy, that's a, that's a lot for, for the Cougars in that situation. A lot of points there. Uh, finally, let me give you this one. Coastal Carolina at UCLA, 7.30 Saturday ESPN. This is uh, UCLA's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Ethan Garber's at quarterback. Let me just ask you this, because I don't want to ask you the score or the spread, but what do you think, what do you want to see? What do you want to learn, especially at the quarterback position with UCLA? Well, I'll be interested to see how Chip Kelly uses his three quarterbacks, right? especially how much is Dante Moore, the five-star freshman, going to play? Uh, and how much, uh, you know, is he going to play when the game is competitive? So that, to me, is going to be real interesting. Garber's comfort level. Uh, I'm also curious, you know, they lost Zach Charbonnet, who was best tailback in the, in the conference. What's their run game look like? I think Chip will, Chip will diagram them to uh, a fairly comfortable win. But you're right. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be very interesting to watch. And certainly UCLA's defense was not good last year. Is that unit improved at all? They played, what was it, South Alabama last year early in the season and, like, won that game 32-31 or something like that. So that's not a bad point of comparison for, for uh, Coastal Carolina tomorrow. John Wilner, Bay Area News Group. Catch him on Gonzano and Wilner, the podcast. I wish you uh, the best. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Thanks, my friend. All right, there he goes, John Wilner. He says a little bit of a trap game on Sunday for Oregon State at San Jose State. I don't think so. I asked Jonathan Smith about it. He didn't sound like he was concerned about it being a trap game. But I get what Wilner's saying. You know, biggest improvement for most teams comes from week one to week two. You go on the road, weird things happen in week one. But uh, DJ Uyunglele at quarterback, is that – is that something that makes you feel good about Oregon State in that situation, given that he's been on the big stage, or would you rather have him at home against a cupcake? We will see what happens. Leave it here. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. All right, Stephen. I want to uh, I want to pepper through these Pac-12 games. I want to get your picks because we did this uh, kind of as a, a thing last year. We had a lot of fun with it, and it gives us a chance to kind of see where your head is, where my head is. We'll typically do it on a Thursday. Today we're doing it on a Friday, but uh, let's do this. Are you ready? Are you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do this. All right, Stanford is at Hawaii tonight, eight o'clock kickoff uh, on CBS. Troy Taylor. Uh, in his debut game at Stanford. Stanford's favored by three and a half. How do you see Stanford-Hawaii? Yeah, I think Stanford uh, is too, it's too little of a number for Stanford. That, that number started out at about nine and a half, ten in the summertime, and it's gone down to three and a half. I actually just looked on, uh, on one account that I have. It was at two and a half, so I took Stanford. Wow. It's, it's getting lower and lower, but I, you know, I'm with Willard on this one. I think Hawaii's getting a little too much credit for keeping it somewhat close against Vanderbilt in week one, and then we're all overlooking Troy Taylor. I think Troy Taylor's a great higher by Stanford. So I don't think they're going to be great this season, but I think they'll be competitive in some games, and I think they can uh, go down to Hawaii and win this game. The the one the thing that's lingering, and I think driving this line close, is the whole, oh, Hawaii played a game. 
Also, Hawaii's the home team, and Stanford woke up at uh, you know eight o'clock this morning and found out you know the players were informed as they were waking up they're off to the ACC. I don't think that that's going to be a distraction. I don't have a great feel for this game, but I do. I'm agree in agreement with you. I think Stanford covers the three and a half. I think, uh, I think the more of the distraction would be Hawaii playing in Vanderbilt and Tennessee flying to Hawaii and then yeah. playing on a short week. I think that's more of a distraction than you know Stanford going to the ACC. We are going to disagree on this next one. Colorado is at TCU. You and I just don't see Colorado the same way. We we just don't. You uh, you like Coach Prime. I like Coach Prime. You love his team. I don't love his team. Uh, the spread is TCU twenty and a half. I won't get too far into my pick because I already said I like TCU forty two seventeen. I think they cover the twenty and a half, but I think Fox is the big winner because everybody tunes in to watch it. I'm fully willing to admit that this game could be over in the first quarter. Like that's how bad it could be, but I don't think it's gonna be. I think Colorado keeps this game close. I'm gonna take twenty and a half points. I don't want to say that I think Colorado can win the game outright because I, I just I think that's a little too far. But yeah. you know, I agree with what the stuff, stuff the stuff you, you hear from like Joel Klatt, how their skill guys are good. I think Colorado is going to be able to score some points with Shadur Sanders and those wide receivers that they got. They got some good offensive weapons. Defensively, I think that's where they, they're going to struggle. They're going to give up points. But I think they can score on a lot of teams. And I don't think TCU's defense is going to be as good as it was a season ago. So I think uh, twenty and a half points is too much. I'll take Colorado plus the points. I'm, I think Colorado, Colorado might get five or seven sacks. That's I'm looking at that. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Happen. Portland State's at Oregon. There is no line posted on this game, but Bruce Barnum he, he came on and said he might have the fastest team in FCS football. Dan Lanning might have the fastest team in FBS football. I think Oregon wins handily. I have it 56-14, Oregon over Portland State. Yeah, I would take uh, probably Oregon minus you know, 35, 40 points. And you heard Barnum on the program even say, like, you know, if we're down by four touchdowns, it's going to kind of pull the plug. So I, I think, you know, if you go backups to backups, Oregon, Portland State, you're just definitely going to go Oregon, and the, the score will be run up a little bit more. So I, I think Oregon's going to dominate this game. Boise State going to Washington, 1230 Saturday, ABC. I think this could be fun. Michael Penix Jr., the only quarterback in major college football to have 10 passing games of 300 yards last season. That's why he got onto my Heisman ballot. But Boise State's coming off a 10-win season. That said, I looked at the 10-win season. They didn't play a single top 25 opponent in getting to 10 wins. Washington's a 14-point favorite. They're at home. I think they're going to cover. I have Washington 38, Boise State 20. I agree with you. I think Washington uh, wins this game by a lot and wins by a landslide. I'm, I'm not sold on Boise State's ability to you know, keep up with Washington. And I know Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix Jr. are going to be putting up points and points. And Andy Avalos, you know, they went undefeated last year at the Mountain West. But it's like you said, th- the competition wasn't quite there. I'm not sure what he is as a coach quite yet, former Duck D.C., so – um, I think Washington is the best team in the Pac-12 right now. I think going into the season, that would be my pick to win the Pac-12. Would be Washington, even with that schedule. So I think they get off uh, to the season with a big bang here. Cal at North Texas, 1 p.m. Saturday, ESPNU. Cal is a Power 5 member right now, and they are playing a group of five school, and they're going on the road to do it, like like uh, Oregon State is going to San Jose State. Uh, Sam Jackson, the fifth TCU transfer will be the quarterback for Cal. I'm excited to see him. They've got Jade Knott back. They've got Jeremiah Hunter, their leading receiver back. Cal is a six and a half point favorite. I actually think they're going to win and they're going to cover. I have it 31 17 over North Texas. I've gone back and forth so many times with this game. I think, 
I think my official pick is going to be North Texas plus the points. I think Cal still wins, but I think North Texas keeps it really close. Um, I do like Sam Jackson. You're right. You know, I watch some. I watch a lot of their spring game, and the guy's a real deal. You know, he's running around making plays with his feet, but he can also throw the football as well. And you heard uh, Wilcox on Pac-12 media today. He said they're going to throw the ball down the field. They're going to be aggressive. I need to see that before I believe that. Uh, so I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for Cal. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.